Our Lord is above, and he helps. He gives us uh, special people sometimes to encourage us in this life below. He gives us special ways to uh, reach out and touch someone else around us. I've chosen First Peter chapter 4 today to just kind of dive in at the end of this uh, great little book. And we were at the beginning of it, I think, last week. And uh, I'm going to title this The End of All Things. And don't get discouraged. It doesn't mean your life is over. That's not what we're talking about here necessarily. But uh, the end of all things here in this context is really, I think, is, is dealing with the things that are coming uh, for the church of Jesus Christ and for the, for the world and, and as a whole. And uh, how many how many sense that you know that the world is getting crazier, and God is getting ready to do something mighty, big, and He is He is preparing preparing people uh, to meet Him. Exactly, I believe God is moving across the, the surface of as we read about the surface of the water. He's moving by His Spirit across this world, this entire world, this entire universe is experiencing the presence of God. I believe there are pockets of revival that are happening. There is young people that are reaching out to the Lord that I've never seen before in my life. Like I, Well, you can see so much more through technology now, but God, the Spirit, is moving. God is not sitting around in heaven waiting for something to happen. He is on the move. Hallelujah. How many want to be in on it? I want to be in on it. I want to be what uh, in that place where God is speaking and, and I'm hearing. Lord, help us to hear. As the Spirit says, give us ears to hear what your Spirit is saying. I believe God, as he spoke as so many years ago, that he wants to speak to us again. And that we have a fresh revelation of the insight, a discernment, so to speak, of what is happening in the end time. Ezekiel is going to be a fun book, and uh, that's going to be a deep book. And uh, Ezekiel, as, I, as a little I understand about him, he saw God, and he saw a vision of God, and it changed his life. Much like Isaiah uh, was changed when he saw God. So the world needs to see Jesus. They need to see Jesus in you and I. They need to see that he is real. And so we're going to deal a little bit with our purpose a little bit of how we're to be in tune with the Spirit of God. And uh, one of the guests, as I mentioned, the discerning of spirits is listed in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 10. There are actually nine gifts of the Holy Spirit that we, I believe, can have as you pray for the Holy Spirit to come into your life. I believe God will give you the gift that I believe give, that you need and that he wants you to have. He's the giver of the gift. And he helps us. And that one little distinguishing is another version of discerning. Uh, it has to do with there are other spirits other than the spirit of God. There are other, there are actually, we live in a spiritual world. You go to other parts of the community or world, you can actually sense or feel there's a spirit that is about that place. And God, the Holy Spirit, is the true God. God, the Holy Spirit, helps us understand what, what it ought not to be and what we can avoid, that we may not be misled. What did Jesus warn in the last days that he said, uh, I, I, that there will be many who come in my name, yet they are false teachers. So we want to be guarding our hearts and be in the word of God, of course, seeing things as they are, seeing things as they are. There are so many ways 
that the enemy wants to deceive us if he can. Before we get to the text, I want to read from a, a little verse in Second uh, Timothy. You probably will uh, remember this when I get there. Second Timothy. Second Timothy. Here we go. Pastor's trying to find it. Let's give him a little more time. Come on. Come on. There it is. Chapter 3. Paul's writing to a young pastor, Timothy. And he helps him understand things that he's going to face. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Men will be lovers of self, lovers of money. Well, well, we see that all the time, don't we? Boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents. So we see there's a, the family units being attacked. Ungrateful. What is this I hear nowadays, it's entitlement? I never heard that growing up, but I hear that from time to time. It's an attitude. Well, here we have ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. It's like they can't be, you know, it's like hard to deal with. Malicious, that's talking about some serious Business, gossips without self-control, brutal, haters of God. This is not God. This is the small letter G-O-D. The Bible talks that Satan is the God of this earth. What does that mean? Well, he's been give, given permission to roam because of sin, because of the fall. And we need to take back what the enemy has tried to steal from us. We need to guard what the enemy is trying to steal from you. Guard your heart. Guard your mind. Pray over your kids, your grandkids. Pray the prayer of faith. Pray the blood of Jesus. Praying. When I say plead the blood of Jesus, it's a reference to an Old Testament story that when the death angel passed over uh, Egypt, before they were uh, able to get, leave that place, it took one more plague, and that was the death. That the firstborn would, be, would, be, would die in the family. So all the Egyptians were moaning. But the, the, the Israelites were to apply the blood to the doorposts of the home and the lentils. And that represented their faith, their belief in God, God and God would spare them and protect them. And I believe that we can apply the blood of Jesus simply by faith in Jesus, remembering the blood of Jesus that was shed for you and I. It is our protection. It is your protection as you go into this world, as you go to the workplace, as you go to the communities and out and about. I want us to go back to our text. We're going to read now kind of tying this back together with the end time, verse 7, 1 Peter chapter 4. The end of all things is at hand. Therefore, 
be of sound judgment and sober spirit for the purpose of prayer. Now, the sober spirit thing is not we go around looking like we had a sour, what do you call those jawbreakers? In the old days, we used to, you know, try to bite them as, wow, hard, sour, and you got this pucker in your face. That is not what we're talking about here. Sober has to do with being alert, having your mindset, having the uh, being awakened, being as a sense uh, of alertness that we were on the watch. We're watching. We're watching for God to do so. We're watching what the enemy would try to do as well. Sober spirit has to do with being spiritually in tune, having a sense a connection with God, the Spirit is speaking to you and what you may be warning you ahead of time, giving you a heads up and the things that may be coming down the, down the road, so to speak, so that we might be able to pray in the Spirit. As another place has said, praying in the Spirit, praying with the Spirit of God, praying through you. That's a, that's a whole dimension that we have through Jesus Christ. God can give you a spiritual uh, uh, prayer, a spiritual-led, spirit-led, spirit-filled prayer to pray right in accordance with God's will. How, how great is that? And we, we know that First John says, if we pray and we ask anything according to his will, what? He will answer. Well, what is the will of God when it comes to praying? It's we know this for sure, that is that many others will know and understand the things of Jesus Christ. That people will come to understand that they need him. The people will understand that there is only one way to Jesus Christ. And so, point one is to be alert, being awake in our spirit life. I'm okay with having a nap now and then if I feel like I want to, that's okay. I'm not talking about spiritual now. I think, okay, we, we know we can, we, we know when we're kind of coasting. We know when we kind of kind of slack off in our prayer life. We know when, when we're just kind of getting by, and then we come to a place and shake ourselves. You know what? I've got I to be more intentional. I've got to step in. I've got to pray through. I need to be intentional about praying above all keep fervent verse 8 this is a great verse this is one of those verses i just love this verse because it helped me in so many ways to you know understand something very important you know, all above all keep fervent in your love love is beyond is is the it's kind of like the final thing in other in other words if we don't have the love of god in our hearts that that is our motivation that is that factor why we do what we do why would we serve other people what makes us want to help someone else is this very thing, being fervent in your love for one another, because love covers a multitude of sins. Just think about this little, this little phrase here. Love covers a multitude of sins. Does that mean that I can take away sin? No. 
Only Jesus can take away sin. But can I love people even when they're not very nice? Even when they're hard to love? I know there's times when we need to set boundaries. Absolutely, set boundaries. There's a time when we need to get out of situations that we need to get out of for safety, uh, just for our own health, just for our own life. Well, there are many times where we wonder, could that, pe- could that person ever come to know Jesus? And what would they be like if they really come to know Jesus? And so I really believe this has to do with love goes beyond what the situation is and sees into what, by faith, what could become. That whosoever believeth should not, should, should be saved. Whoever believes, love covers a multitude of sins. Love is willing to go the second mile. Love is willing to stay close in Jesus' name. We're able to pray for people. What did Jesus say when he, what did he mean? Pray for your enemies. Guess what's going to happen? When you pray for your enemies, something's going to happen in here. Right? The natural man right here, the natural part of me wants to say, no way. They deserve what they got. They deserve. But love goes beyond and sees the potential. In other words, we used to grow up, we would hear this saying, love the sinner, hate the sin. Oh, love the sinner, hate the sin. We're here to, and these, this letter was written to the church. And you think, well, everyone has Jesus. Everyone should get along. Come on. That isn't always the case. But we ought to be doing all that we can to try to make relationships work. Some relationships are easier than others. Some people have more in common. Some people it's more natural. But what about people who don't look like you, don't talk like you, don't act like you? I'm supposed to love them too and reach out to them. James said something in his letter about some person that came and sat in the service and they had dressed really nice and he's talking to James, he says, you guys can sit here, you can have the choice seats. Someone else comes in with, you know, they're just ragged clothes, they look kind of dirty, and they say, you better sit over there. What James says is you made distinctions. You just made a distinction. You You just judged by their appearance. Guess what? God looks at our heart, doesn't he? When he sees in our heart the potential that we all have and becoming better through Christ. He sees the potential. In the church, we are 
not, uh, we have not arrived. In this church, none of us have, has arrived. Come on. We have not, we are in process of becoming more and more like who he wants us to become. And when, when, when we lift up each other and encourage each other and speak life into each other, encourage each other, we're edifying and building up the body of Christ. The last thing we need is to be torn down by someone else that's professing to be a believer. How many know what I'm talking about? We don't, we are, we have enough in the world already that we're struggling to try to, try to get up and, and get through the work week than to come to church and have someone speak negatively. And none of you have ever done that. Blessings. That's what, bless the Lord, O oh my soul. We speak life when we choose to, to, to love even though we don't deserve it. Love covered the multitude of sins. My inner man is really more important than my outward man. How many say hallelujah, hallelujah? Come on. Yeah. You know, you, 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 uh, is life going by quick or what? You know, when we, the closer we get to the end, the faster it seems to be going. The end of old, and I, I have a sense that Peter was maybe sensing that his own end was in near, his own life. But he was speaking to leave them with a word that would help them to carry on. You know what's really exciting if the pastor doesn't uh, he takes a Sunday off the church still is able to keep going they have other people that can step in that's a good thing that's an absolutely healthy thing and it just it's meant to be that way it's meant to be that we are a team and we are going to keep each other's backsides. We're going to stick up for each other. We're going to speak words that will empower each other. And that first point of being alert is to be able to distinguish the discerning of spirit and being able to pray by the, by the help of the Holy Spirit, being able to have the, a purpose when we pray that we're praying in accordance to God's will. Remember when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane, agonizing over the cross that was he not only the cross, but he was agonizing of becoming the sin, the scapegoat, becoming sin, taking on the sin of all people. And he was agonizing in prayer. And he asked his disciples, a few of them that were with him at the time, and he asked them just to, just to stay with them, just to support him. And then, of course, they got the, the sleepy monster hit them, the Z monster. We used to talk about to our kids, the Z monster coming. But they weren't able to stay awake. And Jesus spoke to them later. 
He said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. How many don't understand? You want, you want, you want, you know. You say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But wait a minute, with the Lord's help. The spirit of God. We need the spirit of God to strengthen us, to empower us. Another way to look at this being alert is the watchman that's on the tower. In the Old Testament days, they would have people that would be on the walls around the city. They would watch for the, anybody that would be coming as an enemy, and they'd be able to prepare to defend themselves. Habakkuk, however you want to pronounce the, the, the little prophet Habakkuk or Habakkuk, they both, I think, work. I'm not sure which exactly which one is right. But he wrote this little verse, chapter 2, verse 1, I will stand on my guard post, station myself on the rampart, and will keep watch to see what he will speak to me and how I may reply when I am reproved. What a great little verse. Can we watch... Can we get alone with God and listen to what he would say to you and I? What is the next thing in our life? What is the season that we're going into in our life right now? And pray in the spirit and speak what God gives you. It may be just one word. It may be just simple as trust. It may be as simple as obey. It may be simple as praise him. It may be as simple as giving thanks to him. Or it may be something more specific to reach out to a person in the community or a person in your family. In some way, it ties together with loving one another. Keep fervent. Verse 8, we read it already. Above all, keep fervent. Fervent has to do with heat. It means to... It, it means to be intentional. It means to be genuine. It means to be, I believe, more than just just words, but becoming more action. It, it flows out of a, a, a lifestyle of walking with Jesus, and you begin to be able to love people. How many have heard often 1 Corinthians 13, 4, love is patient, love is kind, is not jealous, does not, brags not arrogant it goes on and on about love love is love is that which fulfills love is that which is goes beyond even the gifts of the holy spirit if we don't have the love that comes from god then we become become showy so to speak and it doesn't really bring any fruit to the kingdom of god but look at these next verses, verse 10. It gets real practical as each one has received a special gift. And I believe everyone has something to bring to the table. I believe everyone has something God has given you in a unique way that you're good at, that you, that you got it in your heart to do. And he mentions a special gift, employ it serving. No matter what it is, it comes down to serving, doesn't it? As good stewards of the manifold grace of God, whoever speaks, let him speak as it were the utterances of God. Whoever serves, let him do as by the strength I love. When people put together food, 
right? At meetings. Joe was talking about the fixing automobiles. Well, those guys need to eat. And there he has this part. He has a stop serving. He found another way to, you know, to work for him. Finding ways to serve or support. That's the kingdom of God. Finding ways to build up. Finding ways. And then you realize as we read on the text, it's not just serving in your own strength, but it's let him do it as by the strength with God supplies. Huge, huge, huge. The strength that God supplies. In other words, burnout can happen if I just do it in my own strength. If I just keep doing it and I find myself, I'm just worn out, but by the strength which God supplies. And so in other words, you're not the only one. So good. Somebody said many hands makes what? Work light or something like that. Many hands takes a whole host of people. God supplies the strength. God has strength for you every day, each day and out, in and out. How do we get that strength? We've got to find a place that we can, we can talk to the Lord, that we can draw from the water that he has for us through the word of God, through just, I sometimes take a moment and just, just sing a song, you know, just, you know, up and by myself, I'll just sing or hum a song, praise him, begin to focus on who he is. I don't believe we necessarily have to always have a special place, although that's a good thing if you do, whatever your place is, maybe it's when you're driving to and fro. Some of us, maybe when you're in the shower, some of us, you know, when you're in somewhere outside, you like to take a walk, whatever it may be, finding a place to seek him. It was characteristic of Jesus, and it was characteristic of the early church. They would often have prayer meetings. They would come together. They would eat together. They would share the word of God, God together. They would pray for one another. They would go out and and reach out to their community. And they were involved with each other's lives. They, they, they knew what was going on in, in each other's challenges. And they, they were close enough to one another to pray for one another, knew how to pray because they understood. And how are we going to be able to help one another if we don't know what the need is? And so it takes time and effort Beloved, verse 12 of the text says, Do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal. In other words, you're not the only one. There's a lot of ordeals going on in the world. Ordeals. Problems. You don't have to look for trial. They just seem to have a way of coming along. It comes upon you for your testing as though some strange. You're not the only one. Some strange. Am I the only one having problems? No. 
And what will help us when we're in our own problems is to look and see there are other people. And what will help someone else that's going through problems with it, they see you and I, you and ours, our faith. They see something that, that's in you and I, that you remain at peace, that you remain steady. That will encourage us. How many know that flowers, you know, are pretty when they, when they bloom and they, they, they go through seasons, right? How many putting flowers on already? Yeah. How many think they want to put out flowers? <laughs> they need every year, they have to be fixed up. You know, whatever you do to trim them, to cultivate the earth, to do whatever, to help them begin to blossom. And I think that sometimes it's hard to see that there's ever going to be a flower in that that little green stem. You know, we have some tulips that come up on their own. I don't remember if I planted them. My kids did, but they'll pop up. I believe they come back takes a while but all of a sudden they're there and it kind of just kind of brings your attention there was a struggle there was a dormant time see faith right oftentimes in our walk with the lord you'll go through seasons when nothing is happening i'm praying and nothing seems to be happening then all of a sudden things can take hold and god begins to move and things start to happen. Don't be surprised if the enemy comes to try to put some pressure on you when you're praying. To try to get you to stop praying. To try to get you to doubt. Because he knows that's where your power is. And he knows that's where your strength is. And we are to keep fighting the good fight. In Revelations chapter 2, verse 10, the church of Smyrna received this word. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to cast some of you into prison, that you be tested and you will have tribulation ten days, but be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. The important thing is here, being faithful. Whatever, whatever this world, whatever may come, may I remain faithful. May I not feel ashamed. We read further down in the text, verse 16, if anyone suffers as a Christian, let him not feel ashamed. But in that name, let him glorify God. In other words, the early church they rejoiced when they received persecution. Why? Because they felt that they were doing something that was considered worthy of being persecuted. That's a mindset all in itself. But whatever it may cause, I will trust, I will seek, I will stay before the Lord. I will talk to him, he will talk to me. I will keep my self 
alert in the things of God. I will not be embarded by all the things that are coming across media. I will not allow myself to receive everything as truth, but I will examine the scriptures. That's what it's all about. I will keep myself in a place where God can speak to me. I will make myself available. I will love people better if I choose to love God. I will love and I will serve better if I will serve him first and love him first and recognize him first. I will have more strength. I will have more endurance to run this marathon called life. I will run better. I will run straighter. I will be more focused when I choose him. God is supplying. God is the supplier. God is the one who gives you the gift. God is the one who gives you desires, things to do to reach out. God puts dreams in your heart. God puts visions in your heart. God puts people on your heart. God puts a, a sense of discerning. This is the way to walk. This is the way to go. Keep focus. He's coming back soon. Here we are in the last days. Let's be preparing to meet him. But until then, let's reach out. Let's help other people as well to be able to be ready. Amen. Let's be doing and being all that we can. Let's stay true to the gospel. Let's be, be like Jesus as all he has given to us. One more uh, prayer, and then we're going to sing Jesus paid it all in our conclusion and recognize that we need him again. So, Lord, right now we, we recognize the very things we fall short so often. We cannot do it on our own strength. We cannot be what we ought to be. But, Lord, we choose right now you right now to, to fill us, help us with receiving the help of the Holy Spirit. Fill us into our innermost being that we might be filled with the Holy Spirit, that we might be able to walk in the Holy Spirit, we might be led by the Holy Spirit, we might be strengthened and governed and directed, that you'll help us to be able to be the people in the last days that would be the salt and the light that you've called us to be, that you empower us, Lord, to go out and to live in this world and not be defeated. In Jesus' name, amen.